Hey, welcome to BA Brew. I'm Lisa. I'm Corinne. And I'm Philippa. And we're here today and uh, we'll be talking about um, what we're, we're classing as uh, self-assessment tools, aren't we? A variety of different tools that we, we've used in our careers um, to learn, I suppose, more, more about ourselves, perhaps more about our teams, um, and just uh, just learn what we can, I suppose, and just to, to make improvements, really. Um, so, Corinne, you've had quite extensive experience. In fact, you both have. Um, but yours, your experience, Corinne, it's more about uh, sort of from a coaching perspective. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I've come across a lot of the tools we're going to talk about today. But specifically, since I've been coaching, I've been using two or three extensively. So one of those is a tool called Engage which I've been using with individuals and teams going through fairly major change programs. Uh, and this, this tool comes from the work of a lady called Dr. Jodie O'Dell, who she started it in her PhD research um, and was looking at really what makes people engaged in change, what stops them getting engaged in change. And it looks at three elements. It looks at how confident we are in the change, both from self-confidence so our self-awareness, self-belief, how confident we are about the task, because it's very situational. And this tool is very much about state of mind at a particular time um, and about how confident we are in our social surroundings for that change program. Um, then it goes, it also talks about our openness, our willingness to change. That's about adaptability and very much about a growth mindset. So I know, Lisa, you're going to talk about the Matthew Sae growth mindset tool. So that really complements Engage at that point. And then the final part of Engage is it then measures how much impact you're having in your organisation, so your performance levels, your emotional commitment, your willingness to stay. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's very, much, yeah. very much a state-based tool. So we, we, I often will do it with the teams at the beginning of a programme and then I'll do some individual coaching or some team coaching, and they're obviously going through the change as well. And then we'll measure again. And it gives some really interesting results, both for individuals and teams. Brilliant. Yeah, so I was going to say, so about 18 months ago, you, you did this for me. I did the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, I found it really interesting, actually. It really quite, and quite um, I liked it. It was just sort of three main dimensions, um, and, and quite quite straightforward. And I actually like the fact that I think afterwards we had a bit of a catch up and a bit of a feedback session. Um, yes. It was really useful that we, we just, there was quite a lot of different things to focus on. But, but I think you said just to focus on maybe two or three to begin with. And yeah. That yeah. Worked. I, I found that really useful because it could have been a bit overwhelming. Um, so all, that, all that different feedback to sort of, um, you know, to work on at one time. Yeah, there's a lot of information in it, which is why I'll always do a debrief with the people because it, it measures everything on a scale. So you, you can either be an inhibitor scale, the growth scale, the accelerator. So inhibitor means basically there could be some limiting beliefs holding you back. Accelerator is things that are going well and to work on. But, it, you know, it can be. There's a lot of information as a lot of these tools have. And it's about picking out a few key points. Yeah. It's interesting how engaged as well, like you said earlier, that it can be used alongside other tools to and they can complement one another. I mean, what's that before with a self-assessment tool? That's, that's really quite interesting. Mm. So, Philippa, you've also been involved with uh, self-assessment tools for, for many years now on a global scale um, in terms of leadership uh, development programmes. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what, what tools you've used? Yes. So um, in terms of leadership development programs, I've been working on them for over 20 years now. And the key 
first step in any development journey as a leader is in getting to understand yourself and your own personality preferences. So I've used various tools over the years, uh, insights discovery, strength de deployment uh, inventory, but MBTI, the Myers-Briggs um, self-assessment tool, is the one that's most widely used in the corporate world. Um, it was originally developed 70 years ago by uh, two women. It was a mother and daughter team, uh, Catherine Briggs and Isabel Myers. And interestingly, it was originally um, introduced as a tool to help women entering the workforce know what type of roles suited their personalities. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite interesting. They weren't psychologists. They were just very interested in the topic and did a lot of research on Carl Jung and his theories. So it is based uh, in Jungian psychology. And MBTI assesses your personality preference, um, uh, uh, preferences across four, what that, what's known as dichotomies. So four pairs of opposites, extroversion and introversion, uh, which determines where you get your energy from as a person. Um, sensing and intuition, which measures how you process information, whether you focus on your five senses or whether you're, you prefer a more abstract approach, uh, theories, um, sort of debates, etc., to arrive at your interpretation of the information that you're being presented with. Thinking and feeling is the third dichotomy, which uh, attempts to define how you like to make decisions. So for thinking, do you make decisions based on fact or do you make them based on your gut feeling? So it's a head versus heart, if you like, uh, dichotomy. And finally, judging and perceiving, um, which relates to how you like to organize your world or not. So people who um, have a judging preference, like structure and order, whereas those on the perceiving end of the spectrum prefer much more flexibility and spontaneity. Um, so yes, it's, um, it's an assessment tool that can be useful uh, for people who are looking to develop their leadership skills, and maybe also um, for those who are working in their teams, so they understand better the teams that, uh, the team's preferences um, ultimately, it's aimed at knowing yourself and enabling you to work with other people better. That's, that's basically it in a nutshell. And more than 2 million people a year uh, complete a Myers-Briggs self-assessment. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, is, it is very widely used. There are drawbacks to it, though, which we can, we, we can discuss later in the brew. No, mm, oh, that's great. I think we, we all know, and I think everyone has done it. You, you, you always remember your four letters, don't you? You always remember the extrovert, introvert, or whatever it might be. Yeah, I'm I'm ESTJ. Oh, excellent. So, yes. So, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, how we remember them, isn't it? Yeah. I've yeah. done it about three times now as well, and I remember the first time I did it, I was ESTJ. 
Then I was ESTJ, but I was more extrovert a few years later. Mm -hmm. It's on a bit of a scale, isn't it? It's, yes, it's, it is. Yeah. Dichotomies, like you said. Um, but then I did it more recently. I think I, I think it changed to ESFJ. I thought, mm, that's strange. So it, it makes you wonder, even as people, we change over time, don't we? And that's kind of what you were saying earlier, Corinne, wasn't it, about um, starting it in a point in time and then doing it again later and then just seeing what the, the differences are, what, what difference it's made. Yeah, I think one of the key things, you know, Philip is saying that it's about a preference and we do have preferences but and we can we can shift and we can work in a different preference in a different situation but but the the Myers-Briggs gives us the self-awareness to know that actually the bit where we're I suppose most comfortable the bit where we come back to who we really are is probably what it's shown us but we can shift up and down yeah no it's interesting yeah. but when you know you have four letters as well you do tend to if you you can find a black a write-up a small write-up about each one can't you and it, it's you quite mm. shocking just how um how accurate it is really i think it is it is that having done it myself and uh worked with um people who who have done it in a uh, personal development context um i think it it is it is pretty accurate um there are drawbacks to it though which uh, can be people tend to focus on those four letters so pigeonhole pigeonhole themselves and others and i have seen it used with people who shall be nameless where they say well i am i'm enfp you're an ISTJ, I won't get along with you, so I'm not going to bother trying. And that's such a shame, because difference is, it is what brings us together to make a really powerful team. Absolutely. The results, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's quite strange. We have time I can share a story about when I did mine. So I'm very high on N, but having come, being an analyst and being very logical, I thought I'd be an S. And and I challenged the result when it came out. And the the person doing it with me said, well, let's just do some exercises and we'll feel. And he did an exercise between the N and the S. And I was so different to all the others. And it was very clear. But I then since realized this gave me the self-awareness to realize why I'd hold myself back sometimes. Because I'd often see things differently and think I was doing it wrong. And it impacted my confidence. And now I realize that my M sort of intuition yeah. rather than sensing yeah. it just gives me a different perspective mm. ah really interesting it is fascinating yeah like, I, I like the way they've followed up as well and, and actually got exercises to look at those yeah. uh, you know, those elements and say well I know you really are yeah we were looking at a picture and some of the others in the room who had an, an S preference were talking about the detail in the picture and I was taking concepts and making stories out of these concepts so I don't know a huge amount about it, but it was clear that I had a different way of thinking. A different way of looking at the world, which when yeah. you come to the some of the work we do in business analysis yeah. and certainly service design, um, that different way of looking at the world can be such a an important quality to have in a team. Yeah, in terms of the the results that the, or the solutions that you're, um, you know, you're you're working on for your customers. Great stuff. And um, I think it leads me on to make a make a point about using um, these self assessment tools for recruitment purposes. 
um, an important thing to note is none of them are good predictors of how well a person is going to perform in a job. Um, and I think that that's a really important thing to understand. My belief is that the self-assessment tools are personal development tools there to aid your training, your development and your performance. What they're not, as I said, an indicator of is how well you're actually going to perform in a particular role. Um, and I have seen in the past some not very good decisions made based on the use of self-assessment tools in the recruitment process. So one of the dangers, particularly, for example, if you're a sales manager, you're going to be high on extroversion, probably, um, if we refer to the Myers-Briggs um, indicator, and you end up a team, end up with a team who are all extroverts um, or high on the extroversion scale. And just recruiting a whole team who have the same personality preferences doesn't actually make for a strong team. What you're looking for as a manager is balance because different preferences perform well in different situations. And there could be that particular major client who actually it would, would work better with somebody who's lower on the extroversion scale, but maybe higher on the in, uh, intuition scale. So it kind of marries with what um, what Corin was just talking about, you know, different way of looking at the world. It's getting under the skin of the self-assessment result, diving in a little bit more deeply and understanding sort of, you know, the pros and cons of each of the preferences, um, which is often skimmed, skimmed over, I think, in my experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. I suppose if it's, if it's used well, fantastic tools, aren't they? Great, great tools. And how about yourself, Corinna? Have you used any others? So you mentioned engaged, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So listening to Philippa talking, because I think they are preference. I use, particularly in my coaching, a tool called Strengths Profile. And there's very, lots and lots of different strengths tools out there. I mean, Philippa's just mentioned Strengths Deployment Inventory, which is one. Um, there's Strengths Finder from Gallup which is very much organizational basis about your strengths in the organization. But I like strengths profile. And this has come from the work of uh, Dr. Alex Lindley and in the positive psychology area. And he's worked over, well, he start, started setting a tool up in about 2005 after many years of research. And this tool, it basically looks at 60 different strengths, but it, it helps you assess what your realized strengths are, your unrealized strengths, your learned behaviors, and your weaknesses. Yeah, and Alex Lindley's saying that our strengths really are, only about a third of us know what our strengths are. Um, and they are the things that we do well. And if it's a true strength, it will energize us um, and we'll often use it. And when it comes to learned behaviours on the strengths profile, so we can be good at something because we've learned to do it, but does it energise us or does it drain us? And the difference is if it's a strength, it will energise us. So if you've ever had a day when you've been doing something and time flies by and you feel that you've got a buzz, you're using a true strength. And, and these things can move around. And unrealised strengths are things that we're good at, 
and they energize us, but we don't use them very often. And perhaps we don't know they're our strengths. And these can move around, we can build on our strengths. So I think the, the power of this one, what I like about it is the fact that you can see, you know, what are my strengths? What are my learned behaviors? So is my role, meaning I'm using a lot of learned behaviors, do I get burnt out a lot? Do I feel quite stressed a lot? Have I got the right balance? Mm. And you know, with strengths, it's all about balance. You know, we can overplay strengths and have blind spots we may not know what our strengths are either. So I think it's a fascinating tool. And as with the others, it's a start point for a conversation. It's all about self-awareness. That's really interesting to hear. It's That tool isn't one that um, I, I know myself. Mm. Um, I think the strength de deployment inventory um, also seeks to identify your strengths. But what, they, what it also does is it looks at um, them in the normal run, you know, business as usual, everyday situation. Mm. And then it looks at them under in, in a conflict situation. Mm. And those that conflict situation can cause people to shift. You talked in, in your um talking about the strengths finder then is preferences can shift. Mm. And I think the SDI tool um has quite a neat way of um highlighting that because people often behave quite differently in conflict uh, to how they do uh, you know when it's uh, when it's just a business as usual situation um, the other thing the SDI does is that um, strengths it says um, can become weaknesses if they're overused or misapplied and that's an interesting dimension to it I don't know what what your thoughts might be on that? Yeah, and I think his strengths profile talks about overused strengths, and he talks yeah. about finding the golden mean to the right balance. It sounds like they're using a similar balance or similar thing. Yeah, Definitely. and I really liked it because I know there was a brew a few months back, and maybe in the last series about job crafting. And I think you know somebody if we're aware of our strengths, we can start thinking about. You know, crafting a job to play to our strengths and as a team you know working out who best in the team is 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 good to do different things and I think you know, when you think about business analysis if you've got mm -hmm. a really good attention to detail you're probably really good at pulling out and eliciting lots of detailed requirements if you if mm -hmm. you're more creative big picture view you might be better at scoping and shaping yeah so lots of opportunities <laughs> Yeah. So we talked a little bit about, um, did, I think you mentioned growth mindset earlier, Corinne. Yeah, yeah, because I think with Engage, Engage talks about flexibility, adaptability. Um, and I think the growth mindset tool from Matthew Sawyer so can really complement that. So again, it, it helps you build together, well, how can I have a bit more of a growth mindset? And I know, Lisa, you know a lot more about this tool than I do. <laughs> Well, so so, um, so a sister, like I say, we work like a partnership with uh, Matthew Side Consulting, and they've got a tool called Mindset Advantage, mm -hmm. um, which is the class. It's like a diagnostic tool, so it's a similar kind of thing. Um, and you can have uh, individual uh, reports, you can have team ones, and even organisational um, sort of dimensions to look at that can help you, you know, on, on each three of those bases. Um, but yeah, so they they look at three. I think there's nine nine dimensions uh, in three groups there's the resilience mindset 
the learning mindset and the innovation mindset. Um, it's just, it's really fascinating, really fascinating stuff. But I just love the idea of the, the growth mindset. Mm. You know, it's kind of the opposite to the fixed mindset where if you're not good at it today, you'll never be good at something. You know, but actually it's the complete opposite of that where we believe that you know, with purposeful practice, we can get better at something. We, we really can move towards, you know, may not be wonderfully talented at it, you know, naturally, but you can always work towards getting better at something. Yeah. Mm, I think it it probably complements a lot of the other things we've been talking about. A lot of these tools give us information, and they a lot of them talk about having a development plan and and things like that. So you can pull out the information that's useful at, at anything you're working yeah. on at any point of time. So yeah, I'd use that. The worst, I'm sure. The the worst thing with all these assessment tools is you get the report. You read it, you think, oh, that's interesting. And you put it on your shelf and nothing is ever done with the information that you get, you know, you're provided with. It's an absolute gold mine, I think, mm -hmm. to help you um, work on your relationships with others and really understand. Perhaps, uh, um, Corin, you mentioned job crafting. Yeah. Is really making sure that the you know the career path that you're committing to is the right one for you is going to be a catalyst to you know help you really sort of shine in your in your chosen career um because sometimes we can we find ourselves in jobs that are really not playing to our strength uh, to our strengths mm -hmm. and to our preferences and a lot of unhappiness can yeah. ensue. So part of your journey of self-discovery when you do these assessment tools is looking at, okay, if it's not the job I'm in currently isn't quite hitting the mark, what what work environment could work better for me? So yeah, I think I think that's a really important aspect to the self-assessment tools. But my advice would be make sure if you do do one of them is uh, is do something with the information great tips wonderful thank you both and thank you all for watching if you've got any ideas for future uh, BA Brew podcasts um, please let us know at babrew at assistkd.com and um, please do like share and subscribe thank you <laughs>